0: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome on back. We're going to catch up with uh, Coach Kalani Sataki coming up here a little bit later on in the show. But joining us right now, Executive Director of College Football's 150th Anniversary,
1: he's Kevin Weiberg with us on the Big Show. Kevin, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? Yeah, thanks. I'm doing great great to be with you. I've heard, I heard you say earlier today Kevin that uh, wrapping your mitts around this one is kind of a it's an armful.
2: It really is and uh, you know I think a lot of times all the focus and attention is on the top 100 institutions that play college football but there's a whole lot more than that out there. So I think it's actually four-year schools where it's 775 if you mix in the community colleges it grows to over 800 so um, and we've tried to figure out ways that we can allow everybody to participate in the anniversary celebration and we didn't have a whole lot of money to work with to sort of roll out the national pieces of this, so it's a lot of it has been about what can we do that everybody can participate in, and how can we provide assets that could easily be accessed, and it's kind of customized so that um, BYU can put its own look on 150th anniversary stuff, and and I've been really pleased today to see uh, you know some of the things that have occurred here around Media Day. How would you rate the the the, the status? of college football right now? Yeah, I think it continues to be among the most popular sports in our country. Um, You know, the NFL continues to be the kingpin, and maybe college football sometimes benefits a little bit from the carryover, although we had a 50-year jump on the NFL in terms of playing college football. They celebrate their centennial this year while we're doing 150 Um, but there are challenges and there have been throughout the history of the sport if you're a historian at all about college football you know that in the early 1900s there were tremendous concerns about the safety of players and um, there were changes to rules and you know there's been that evolutionary process and we're still facing some of those challenges I think and the good news is I think there are people paying attention to youth participation and what can we do to make the game a little bit safer they're investing some money in it maybe overdue um, but I think those changes will occur and so for those reasons I remain confident that you know we're going to have a a, something that people will still be very passionate about well into the into the next round of 50 years. It's certainly appropriate that you're,
0: you're here given BYU's unique role in the history of college football.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up as a young person in the 60s, you know, 70s, and I remember watching the development of the passing game here. and. You know uh, the great success that BYU had rolling into the 70s and 80s um, under Lavelle. So where did you grow up? I grew up in the state of Kansas. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, so you so, were noticing, you were
1: taking, yeah, note of yeah. You know, doing.
2: and the growth of television around that time provided opportunities to see a whole lot more.
1: Do you remember that game against San Diego State? Yeah. It was it 79 or 78? So, when uh, uh, it was like, I mean, it was like it. It was like the era, an earlier version of the air raid.
2: Yeah, know? yeah. So you know, those were startling things. Because the game, um, in many parts of the country, was still played in a very different way. In the region I grew up in, you know, it was a very much a ground game, wishbone style of offenses. So it was notice it was noticeable to see the development on- in the west of. A great passing game, and so for that reason, it's tremendous to be here. And I thought they did a tremendous job today of, through BYU TV, of uh, showing some stories about that and telling a little bit of that history. It's so what we're hopeful that everybody around the country will try to do as part of the anniversary celebration.
0: Looking through uh, your bio, um, you were you were working with the Pac-12 when they expanded to 12 teams, and actually back with the Big Ten when they brought in Penn, Penn State. State yeah. So you've been on the the front lines for kind of the some major shifts in college football, so I feel like you're an appropriate person to ask, where are we going?
2: What's the next big shift? Yeah, well, um, there's no question that, um, you know, college conference membership has changed a lot, right? So um, I think it is viewed much more fungible than it maybe once was. Uh, There's still great you know, there's the great conferences that have a great history and tradition and the biggest money. So they're, they have a, an advantage in some respects in that regard. Um, but I don't think you can rule out future change. Um, we'll have to see what happens with changing media landscape into this next round of media contracts. Uh, there's no question some of the expansion of the, the 90s into the 2000s here was driven by the, the desire to have more inventory, more eyeballs. That was uh, part of the media piece, maybe not entirely that, but it was certainly part of it, Um, and and so we haven't, we aren't completely finished with that, I don't think, Uh, we'll have to see. BYU is in sort of a unique position
1: because they like to see themselves as a Power 5 type uh, team. But uh, they're not a power five team. Do, do you do you see a time when they will be included?
2: Well, I, you know that branding is probably somewhat unfortunate. I mean, I you know that's a it's a great question relative to do you have to be part of that subset of five conferences to have the highest success in college football? I think that answer may still be a little bit outstanding. We we'll have to see what happens with the postseason too, right? That could be a determining feature as we roll forward. What kind of access is there and how does that affect the branding of conferences and independents and and others? Um, I think BYU continues to be in the group of institutions that would have a an opportunity if conferences get bigger in the future. So you can't rule that out. And uh, you know, I, I've uh, had a lot of folks ask me about these kinds of things over you know the past four or five years since I left the Pac-12 and. I think it is, you really have to take care of your own business first. I know that sounds sort of silly, but you got to make sure your programs are excelling. you got to make the right investments. you got to continue to work on the relationships. Uh, those other things are all really important. You can't just assume that um, because of your past success you know, or the history that those opportunities are always going to be there.
1: If you were advising BYU as far as to make itself more attractive, would you have some advice?
2: Well, I don't know. I think Tom's done a nice job. Tom Holmo of, uh, you know, the the uh, ESPN agreement is really important. I know he's working on the next generation of that, as I understand it. And that those connections remain very important for visibility standpoint. I do think the, the independent status does provide a unique opportunity to have um, a quality schedule that may not exist otherwise. So there's some value there if that can be sustained and continued. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you just have to do your best job of building what you've got, and then uh, you know be well prepared if there is another wave of change that that comes around. Kevin Weiberg is with us, 97.5 and 1280
0: the zone. I got to tell you, one of the the most unique. Parts or, or uh, I guess, periods during my career was the Pac-12 expansion because it was just you know, news was breaking left and right, and this yeah. this school's in and this school's out. What was it like to be? A part of that wild right. ride, and what did you think of when it, all the dust settled? How it turned out?
2: Well, it was, it was a wild ride. Um, you know, Larry Scott, as a new commissioner, had a lot of authority. The members uh, really encouraged him to uh, pursue an aggressive expansion plan. Pre- and by members, I mean the presidents and chancellors of the universities were fully invested in those things. Um, and uh, Larry was new to the college scene for the most part um so you know he didn't have deep personal relationships across conferences so to some extent there was a feeling that he could kind of come in as a new guy and go for it and uh he certainly did some of that and for me on the other end of the spectrum as being you know one of his um you know uh, assistant commissioners it was a you know it was a lot different because I had personal relationships in a lot of these conferences so um it was wild in that regard and Um, you know it's like when you change jobs as a coach you know you want your place to succeed and so I was fully on board with uh, what the pack was trying to do and they needed to do it because quite honestly they had fallen behind from a revenue standpoint and um, they needed uh, they needed that kind of effort to enhance their position and I think for the most part that strategy relative to the where the expansion ended up, the initial contracts with ESPN and Fox provided a revenue boost that the conference desperately needed. Now, you can argue all the other points about the conference network and whether that one has been the right long-term player will be. We'll have to see. Right. Um, Do you have but, an opinion on that? Well, I mean, it was an aggressive play. Um, You know, Larry really and the presidents and chancellors again went for the wholly owned model. Um, And they believe, you know, I think they believe it has long term benefit. I think, you know, fair reading at this point is we'll have to see, you know, you can't say for sure that that will be uh, that it will work. But I know they're exploring a variety of options. And having worked for Larry, I know he's extremely bright guy. And um, I, I know he's got a lot of contacts across the media landscape. and So I'm sure they'll have all the information. We'll have to. We'll be fascinated to I'll, see what happens. I'll tell
1: you this much, Kevin. That was a, When that expansion happened, it was a big day up on the hill up in Salt Lake City. I yeah. mean, people up there were yeah. very excited about it. And uh, I think the Utes have uh, represented themselves
2: here. They, really, well. they really have. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy for them and for Chris Hill. I'd known Chris for a number of years, uh, going back to when I worked in the Big Ten office and actually... Had a chance to even interview for the Mountain West commissioner job at one point, so I was really happy for him because he, he to some extent, I thought he would. He, it's a good example of someone who they sort of took care of their internal business. They continued to grow their program. They had uh, really high on-field success. The university continued to improve academically, I think, and um, they, you know, all of that sort of came together, and they. Uh, they did a nice job of, if you'll remember, of some of those circumstances around that expansion. Um, they weren't sort of front and center on the initial wave. They did a good job of sort of hiding, not hiding, but staying in the background and waiting until the opportunity presented itself after the, you know, consideration of a potential Texas or others had kind of run its course. Kevin, when were you a candidate to be the commissioner of So it goes back West? to when the Mountain West was just formed, when, oh. when Craig Thompson was... Um, was hired actually um craig and i both participated in the big 12 commissioner uh, search process and the mountain west were going on at the same time huh. and we both uh, were interviewing <laughs> in both places it was kind of unique there's so. a few
1: folks around here who probably wish you would have got well it, i kind of i
2: don't know about that but i kind of surprised myself and was offered the big 12 uh, opportunity and mm. pulled out of the mountain west search oh, process at okay that point.
1: so that was you saying <laughs> see you later
2: well, Kevin, we can't thank
0: you enough for jumping on with us. Good luck with the 150th anniversary. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Great thank to you. talk to you. All thank
0: right. you, Kevin. Uh, that's uh, Kevin Weiberg with us, executive director of college football's 150th anniversary. Thank you very much, Kevin. Great to meet you. Uh, very interesting conversation uh, right there. Kevin's got a, a – um, uh, he's, he's been a, he's been around a lot, and he's yeah. been in, in those rooms where those big-time decisions have been made. So that, that was a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, since we're here at BYU, that, that uh, the question that we asked him about BYU's chances still hangs heavy around here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, he probably wasn't overly eager to get too deep into that. No.